Hello, hello, my dear ones, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with My Higher Self. How is it going? So many of you here today. It's wonderful to see. Literally, our space is growing, you guys. It's growing every single time we have a session that is thrilling. All right, a couple of housekeeping items before we get started. Um, thank you, everybody uh, who's been DMing me on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, I'm at this is Maria official. Uh, I am reading your DMs, even if I'm not able to get back to all of you, um, you know, quickly. Do please do know that you know your messages mean so much to me. I love, love, love getting your feedback and um, you know your kind words. All of that is much appreciated. And please know that if you sent me a note, especially if there is a request in there in terms of the topic that you want to cover or something that you're specifically going through, I will try to incorporate that in my posts, in my future episodes, uh, in my videos as well. Um, on that note, there is a YouTube channel now that um, we have created. Uh, by we, I mean me and my lower self. <laughs> so you're very welcome to check it out. It's also, this is Maria, it's on YouTube. And yeah, join in. We are expanding on all fronts, uh, on all different formats, because there's so many of you and there's going to be more. All right, and um, on that note, why don't we get into today's topic? Um, for those of you that have seen my predictions for 2022, um, you know that this is a year of karmic, um, you know, karmic release. It's a karmic year. So a lot of, let's, let's just say the karma is a central topic this year. For a lot of you, it's going to come front and center, whether you'd like it or not, whether you recognize it or not. So I figured we would dive a little bit deeper into karma. At one point in the past, um, I did do an episode about karma, which was more of an overview. And, um, that is, you know, that got um, quite a number of downloads. So I figured today we're going to take it a layer deeper. Um, in the previous episode about karma, uh, we talked about personal karma. Um, just a quick refresher for those of you that, you know, did not get a chance to listen to the episode. Obviously you can go back and re-listen anytime. Um, one of the things that I mentioned is anytime you come into a physical incarnation, especially in a third dimensional world like planet earth, you choose prior to incarnating, you choose to work on, um, some personal karma. Generally you pick five main karmic knots to work on. So certain situations or certain patterns you want to drop or transform or change. So there are five main ones that you select. Um, now maybe five is, you know, uh, maybe it's a little, a slight overgeneralization between three and seven is the range with five being the most common. Now, um, as we're considering the concept of karma, um, we have to take into account that there is a lot more than just personal karma uh, for us to grapple with. And that is what we're diving in today. So there are various types of karma, right? So there's personal karma and there is collective karma. When you choose to incarnate um, on a planet like planet Earth, unfortunately, you're gonna have to deal with all different kinds. So let's maybe um, go over, you know, what are some of the types of karma besides a personal, and then maybe we'll we'll take a quick dive into each of them, uh, and um, 
the, the part that's probably the most exciting for me is to do a little scan of humanity and also tell you, you know, what are some of the things that are, you know, kind of like coming through for the collective karmically and what you're dealing with at this point in time. And of course, towards the end, uh, we're going to try to do some Q&A with the collective. Per usual, this is one of my favorite sections. All right, let's dive right in. So um, first things first, right? So you come here with baggage. Uh, baggage doesn't mean necessarily all good or bad. It could be just some patterns that you, are, you would like to shed. And so there are five major topics for you that uh, for one reason or another, your higher self chose for you to work on at this point in time. Um, your higher self never assigns you more that you can carry or more than you can handle. And one of the points of consideration as to what type of karma gets assigned to you is where the planet that you're chose to incarnate on is vibrationally. In other, in other words, your higher self is going to factor in and consider what vibrations the planet that you're coming to is at, what collectively all the other beings on that planet are going through, and what is it a good place to learn or experience, right? All of these factors are gonna come into play as your higher self is selecting your personal karma to work on. Then, of course, the incarnation happens, and that is when you're gonna to have to deal with all of the stuff that has happened prior to you incarnating. You're not incarnating into a vacuum, right? You are incarnating into a living, dynamic, living, breathing, dynamic ecosystem. So almost like a soup, right? And let's say you are a little crouton, pardon my analogy, that is being dropped into that soup. Obviously, you in and of yourself are not going to completely change the soup, right? Uh, the soup is the soup. Could be a mushroom soup, could be a lentil soup, right? It is, it is what it is, right? And you're just one little drop in that bucket. So by the virtue of you being incarnated into a third dimensional planet, you have to deal with, first and foremost, your ancestral karma, right? So whatever lineage you come in, unfortunately or fortunately, because karma is not just a bad thing, you know, karma are patterns essentially. Now, when we talk about karmic knots, those are generally not positive, right? A knot is like an entanglement of energy. That means that the energy does, cannot pass through as it's meant to, right? It's some type of deformity in the energetic field. When I'm talking about karma, though, one thing that is important to note is karma in and of itself is not negative. Neither is it positive. It just is. Or shall I, shall I say it's both and it represents the full range. So when you descend into a body, you descend into a lineage, into a family. And that family, again, it's not a blank slate, right? Unless you're starting a new lineage. But most people arguably come into a set of parents. Um... So you already are coming into a situation or a foundation that has been set for you. You're, there is like a set of cards that you've been dealt energetically, right? So not only are you gonna have to deal with your personal karma, you're gonna have to deal with, to some degree, with the karma of your lineage. Then you're gonna have to deal with the karma of some other social groups that you belong to. What are the examples of some of the social groups? You may have to deal with the karma of your country. That is very possible. You may have to deal with the karma of your city or town or neighborhood. It's possible. So, uh, you know, there are like essentially different groups of people that you would belong to. You may have to deal with the karma of your um, gender, actually. You may have to deal with the karma of your race, um, you, oh, heritage, right? Um, you And... 
you know, if we go kind of like up, um, you may have to deal with, and most of us do, you will have to deal with the karma of um, your species, right? At the macro level. And last but not least, with the karma of your planet. So there are all these levels of karma, which may seem like a lot, and it is actually. Now, the good news is at any point in time, your higher self actually is planning exactly what kind of karma it wants you to be involved in and what kind of karma it wants you to pass by, right? So it's a very, it's very much a guided process. It's very much a controlled experience. Certain souls come in with a specific directive and a knowing that they came here to help their own ancestry line, to help their lineage. Um, what are some of the things that you, you know, if, if you belong to this group, um, you kind of, you know, you feel the deep connection to your family. Um, you know, either both sides of your family is just one side of your family, the deep connection. Very often you may have a deep connection to your home or your home country, right? Like the, the roots. And very often you would feel like a deep sense of responsibility somehow that is connected or connecting you to your family. Like, not like you kind of owe them something, but somewhere along the lines, like you would like to do the work, um, you know, there. And, you know, so one person, one being may come to fully, either fully cleanse the karma of their lineage uh, or prep their lineage to shift vibrations, right? Every lineage, every family essentially has a roadmap, shall we say, of development, a path, a blueprint of evolution of how they want to move forward from where they are currently to where they're trying to go to. And so it's actually um, really important, um, you know, as part of that, that souls that come into that lineage help foster that vision, help bring it to, to fruition. Um, I'll give you a quick example. This is kind of almost like um, like not even an, an original example, but um, very often when a new family gets, you know, like, I don't know, like a, a, two people get married and they're trying to start a family, right? Um, very often um, if, um, if the first, you know, so sometimes like for, for certain families, it'll be um, they're trying to have a child or they're having a child and it's a girl after a girl after a girl and they really would like to have a boy, but they can't. Um, very often if a girl, and again, this is a big, big, big overgeneralization. When a girl comes into a lineage, there is something to cleanse in that lineage. Um, because obviously, you know, um, the girl eventually would get married off to another lineage, which means that she would still maintain part of her own lineage, but she would go into another lineage and, um, you know, help that other lineage grow. So essentially when, when you think of like the, the family tree, right? It's very important for the familial tree to have boys because the boys are the ones that stay within that tree. So that being said, when um, a lineage, when a family cannot bring a birth, a boy, there's it, it, and all the girls are coming, the girls are generally paving the way or cleansing the way for the boy to be able to come through. Uh, for lineages that are able to have boy, you know, that first kid being a boy, that means that there's enough good karma in that lineage to be able to bring forth a boy and thus the continuation of that lineage. Now, obviously for the lineages that cannot have boys for some reason or only have girls, eventually they, they die. Um, so that's, um, you know, just one example, but there could be so many, many uh, other examples. Um, you know, what, um, what is the karma that your lineage could be dealing with? Honestly, it could be thousands of different, uh, if not millions of different possibilities. Um, you could be dealing with issues around health and that, that you, you know, your lineage could be struggling with health. 
uh, with money, abundance, right? With um, uh, being able to follow your dream. You know, certain lineages actually have this stamp almost of uh, kind of like unhappiness on them because they never choose to do what makes them happy. Um, there are lineages with a lot of dysfunctional relationships between parents and children. Um, there are lineages that, mm, you know, suppress, like there could be like the stamp of suppression is, is how I would call it. But like, for instance, they would have very talented children, but they always suppress that what the child wants to be, uh, whether that, especially if that is like more artistically inclined. So you, you would have those lineages. You would have lineages where people dabbled with black magic, right? So you would have those types of energies as well. And so, you know, people would be coming, right? And on top of your personal mission, Sometimes you would choose to carry a mission for your lineage, whether that's cleansing, whether that's educating, whether that is elevating, whether that's help to break the pattern, right? Because if you break the pattern in yourself um, and really fully release that pattern, you are not going to have to pass that to your children, right? So the good news about lineage and healing the, the karma of lineage is all it takes is one person to break the chain. And, you know, the pattern has shifted. That's the good news about ancestral karma, right? Because if you think about ancestors and ancestry lines, yes, I know we're talking about them as lines or trees, but really they're kind of like, they're more like a circle, right? Like it's a circle. Uh, that's why very, like in tribal cultures, they would all often come into a circle because that represents actually energetically a family is a circle. A tribe is also a circle. Uh, I think you catch my drift here. So um, that's why I'm saying like, it actually takes one person to walk out of the circle to break the like the circle, right? So that one one person that breaks the pattern completely shifts the whole lineage. That's the good news. Let's move up maybe like to um, outside of your personal ancestral karma because what I really wanted to talk about today was more planetary karma. Right. Planetary karma is the aspect of karma that I wanted to address today because I think it's really, really fascinating for us to do like a, you know, almost like a snapshot in time to trying to understand what is humanity dealing with right now, because you may start to see certain patterns arise within you that, you know, you can't explain, uh, but they're coming front and center. And it's almost like something that you can't avoid that often is planetary karma. What is planetary karma? One thing I want you to, as you're starting to comprehend or think about or um, try to internalize what planetary karma is, one thing that is worth noting is that every person that's ever, or shall we say every being, that has ever been incarnated on planet Earth, whether that is a human or any other species, including a dinosaur, including crystal, because that is consciousness, right? Crystals are a species of beings. Um, brought within itself, so every entity, every being that has ever incarnated on planet Earth, brought within itself an imprint, an energetic imprint. And that imprint was dropped, you know, like a speck of dust into the large bowl of, of this collective energy, this collective soup. So, you know, you may, or anybody, right? Like you come and go essentially, right? Now, a lot of souls come here and it's a perpetual like cycle of incarnations, right? They don't just come once, they, they come over and over and over again. But even if you just came once, this planet 
is going to hold on to your personal vibration for quite some time until it is able or willing to release it. So imagine the density, the energetic density that planet Earth is holding on to. If you think about every single being that has ever incarnated here from the beginning of time, essentially, it is quite dense material. But over time, you would see patterns emerge. So all of these beings come here and they start to have experiences. Good, bad, everything in, in, in between. Now, these experiences, again, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. They get a absorbed and uploaded into the Akashic records, the planetary Akashic records, as well as a chunk of that energy, like a smaller chunk of that imprint, lives here within the vicinity and kind of the atmosphere of planet Earth. Over time, uh, like I said, patterns start to emerge and you can only call them karmic patterns, right? Um, patterns, energy tends to like want to cluster. So there is a principle in the universe called the clusterization principle. So birds of feather essentially stick together energetically. So you would find clusters emerge. And just like your higher self, you know, when your higher self is planning the incarnation upstairs, looking at you here, kind of, and looking at all the possibilities, all the karmic knots it could be dealing with, just like your higher self is picking and choosing, saying, okay, like I want to address that pattern, but I really don't care about addressing that pattern at this point in time. Essentially, planet Earth, Gaia, right? There's a consciousness to our planet. Planet, Our planet has, it essentially is consciousness. Um, Gaia chooses, you know, she essentially has this um, Swedish table or a buffet, shall we call it, of issues <laughs> that all of these beings that came here left behind. And so it is up to Gaia to actually figure out what are some of the things that she wants to work on at this point in time, because then it becomes a collective effort. Then essentially it's like a call that Gaia sends out into ether. Um, um, and it's, 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 it's a system wide call. It's a system wide announcement. And she may say, okay, like right now I want you, you know, I'm working on, I don't know, uh, let's say mother-son relationship. Let's say that that's the pattern she wants to um, fix. Out of a million patterns, out of a million karmic knots she could be fixing, let's say that that's the one that she really wants to fix. Um, all of the souls that are not incarnated, all of these higher selves up, up there, hear this call and they're starting to internalize. And you know they're like, oh, does it make sense for me to go and send a projection forth, like a part of me, um, if I know that the karmic, planetary karmic loop that guy is going through is fixing the mother-son relationship. And if that feels like an interesting challenge, then your higher self may choose to send, you know, an aspect of itself to go through that experience. So planetary karma hits everybody. The, in the same way that, um, personal karma does. So there are almost like two polar, like there are two polarities around which um, your karma revolves. There are all these in-between scenarios that may also inform what you're dealing with karmically, but that is gonna be very much on a case-by-case -case basis. Whether you're dealing with ancestral karma or not, whether you're dealing with the karma of your gender or not, whether you're dealing with the karma of your country, your city, your uh, I don't know, age group, your race, all of that fun stuff, your sexual orientation, like throw that into the same bucket. Whether you're dealing with that or not, you know, 
it remains to be seen, right? It's, it's, it's essentially an option, right? But everybody is going to be impacted by planetary karma to some degree because, right, again, the planet is a very large body. It's a lar very large physical organism. When Gaia chooses a few karmic knots to work on, her vibration shifts. Her vibration is very different, right? Depending on what she wants to work through. So it's almost like she's going to be sending you certain frequencies so you could work through um, what she is working through more effectively. In other words, Gaia is going to be vibrationally helping you deal with the stuff um, on the planetary level because a lot of the things on the planetary level, A, are very dense because they've cr been created by so many, 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 like billions of instances, right? So they're very dense because they have happened and they've been amplified by all these beings going, going through the same thing, right? So they're a little harder to work through. Planetary karma is always the hardest uh, to transcend compared to personal or like a karma of the group, right? Just because of how persistent of a pattern that is. Planetary karma generally takes generations upon generations to transcend unless there is a cataclysmic event or, you know, some type of massive... Um, yeah, like some type of massive movement around like, I don't know, like a volcanic eruption or a, like a massive earthquake. So very often the movements of like tectonic plates or anytime there is a natural disaster of like a large magnitude that is Gaia releasing, releasing uh, karma. And generally it happens when, um, let's say there is a knot um, that Gaia picked to work on. And she, she's on the timeline, uh, despite the fact that, you know, time is an illusion. Um, in time-space reality, things, you know, they need to get going. Otherwise, we would be stuck in the same experience, right? And this is a dynamic, um, this is a dynamic place. So um, Gaia generally would allot certain amounts of time to move through a particular issue. Let's say it's 300 years or 500 years, 5 million years. It depends, right, on the issue. And um, obviously, because she's called all of these souls to come and help her transcend this wound or that wound or that pattern, right? It's a collective effort. So let's say it's, um, she's working on a wound, on a wound, I don't know, of um, some, some, some childhood wound. Um, and she's allotted 300 years for that thing to happen. Let's say we're year 299. And she's worked really hard and humanity's worked really hard, but that wounding is still as, as deep as it was when she set out to do that, to, to fix that. The only way for Gaia to release that karmic pattern is to create a natural disaster, an event in the physicality of her body to release that pattern. It's almost like when your body gets sick, right? And either, I don't know, like you can get sick in so many different ways. You can have fever, right? Fever is essentially Gaia, like a volcanic eruption is Gaia's version of fever, you guys. Make no mistake, right? Um, so, you know, you need to, your body is going to self-regulate when, when, when you're sick to expel like a virus or, you know. Um, so, you know, the physicality of you is going to change when you're reaching a crisis of like the health crisis, if that, if that makes sense, right? Same thing for Gaia. She's trying to release like a big karmic knot, but it ain't happening and ain't working out. The physicality of her is going to have to expel that 
or at least expel a portion of it out or deal with a portion of our karma so we can start moving along instead of being forever caught in, in the same old pattern. So make no mistake, very often, let's say eight out of 10 times, um, there are other reasons why natural disasters could occur, but a big chunk of time it's Gaia actually dealing with a karmic knot. And by the way, it doesn't have to be planetary level. It could be also a localized event. It could be local karma that uh, the guy is trying to um, let go off. Um, very often, um, I mean, local events, there are like large local events um, of certain magnitude. Like, I don't know, the, the Hiroshima Nagasaki bombing was a local event but it, it, it hurt Gaia in her entirety, if that makes sense, right? So she had to do, a, like she had to release a lot around the Japan area actually, um, in, 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 you know, in the period afterwards via natural disaster, like it had to happen because there were just like the amount of energy of um, me versus them, because like essentially when there's like war going on, right? It's a very dense energy of um, separation. Of, of humans, right? Uh, enough so, like they're so separate that like murder is not internalized the same during war as it is during peace times, right? So you can only imagine how, how dense those energies are and enough so that especially with all the death that like the, the uh, atomic bomb causes and, and not just the death, but the pain and suffering that it, it creates and the deformities, um, there was a lot that was wrong in, in the vicinity, um, you know, in the crystalline structure of the earth around where the bombs were dropped. And so Gaia had to get to work and release a lot of that karma because she knew that humanity is not gonna be able to do that in the next freaking 3000 years if they tried. It was like that dense and that dark, right? In other words, Gaia always moves around. Now we're getting to the interesting part. And the interesting part is, um, yeah, so, at any point in time, guy, guy's gonna be resolving some localized issues, but there are also large broadband issues um, that she, regardless, that you're gonna feel on planetary level, regardless of what country you were born on, in, sorry, um, and, you know, um, even back at span generations, like, um, meaning uh, regardless of what generation you were even born in, right? Uh, because a lot of these things are quite longitudinal, like they, they take a long time. Okay, so why don't we look, because I think that's kind of, that could be quite interesting. Why don't we look at some of the major, major things that Gaia chose to work on at this point in time? Um, there are about 10 karmic knots that are, really important to Gaia right now. We're not going to go in all 10, into all 10, because I think that could, it'll, it could, we could be here a while. Um, so why don't I cherry pick some of the more interesting ones that you're dealing with on a collective level? But before I go there, let me preface that with the fact that each and every single one of you would be feeling this to some degree. If you haven't started feeling it, it's not too late and chances are you will down the road. If you completely don't feel it, that means it lives in your subconscious and there's something around your intuition, like your intuitive guidance that you don't trust. 
because when the guy is dealing with something on a karmic like of, of this magnitude at the collective level you as a human have been getting messages from her phone calls if you know what i mean right from gaia saying hey we're working on this i just want to make sure you're working on this too so if you're unaware of whatever i'm going to talk about in the next okay, and i'll call it 20 minutes then you're probably need to tune into your intuitive guidance a little bit more because guy has been sending you messages and you have not been aware of that all right so the first concept uh, and the first karmic knot that we are working on as a society and Gaia is starting to unearth is the concept of truth versus lie. This is something that's maybe on the fresher side, although arguably it has, you know, it has started to come to the forefront in the 1950s. So it's kind of fresh, it's, it's, it's quite new, right? Like, I don't know, 60, 70 years, 70 years, give or take. Um, so this is a new situation, truth versus lie. Um, for a very, very long time, the concept of, let's just say truth as a value has really not come to the front and center of the human psyche. Um, there's, you know, historically been a lot of storytelling, myths and legends and all of that good stuff, right? And let's just say that um, there's always been truth and there's always been lies. There's always been a mix. But humanity's relationship to those concepts has never really come to the head in the way that it has right now. So um, energetically, just so you know what I'm seeing, is there's all these dirt and darkness and blackness, kind of like in, you know, towards the, um, like, almost like towards the bottom. Like if I look at the energetic structure of the planet, on the bottom, there's all these dirt and lies, essentially. There's a lot of lying and a lot of, you know, hidden truths, a lot of covert, um, you know, facts, a lot of misinformation and very deliberate misinformation, actually, uh, from, you know, a lot of different entities and a lot of different beings and, you know, governmental structures and media and all of that good stuff, right? There's a lot of intentional misinformation as well. However, historically, it hasn't bothered humanity. It's not like this is news, right? It's not like this is a new problem. It just hasn't been chosen up until recently, up until the 1950s. It hasn't been chosen as an issue for humanity to work on. So a lot of what you're starting to see is kind of, you know how, um, like if you have dirty water, um, but um, say you have a glass with dirty water or like some, I don't know, some particles in it. If the glass is sitting on your vanity um, all that dirt is going to come to the bottom, right? And so it kind of seems like the water is okay. But the moment you take the cup and shake it up, all of a sudden all the sediment comes up and you're like, holy cow, what is this? Where is all this dirt coming from? And that's a little bit like what you're starting to sense. Uh, now, the issue around truth versus lies is going to come to a head. Not yet. It, give it another 100 years, actually. There's going to be like a pretty big situation there. Um, enough so that some of the biggest revolutions of humanity are going to be driven by the search and the thirst for truth and humanity being fed up with being lied to. 
but not yet. You guys haven't reached that point yet. You're now just starting, to, it's like essentially just phase one and a half maybe. We're not even phase two of the like truth versus lie conundrum, karmically. So you're starting, enough of you, especially the more awakened ones, the more in tuned ones, are starting to understand that whatever is in the informational field, right? Whatever uh, media, for the lack of a better word, whatever is the story that they want you to believe may not be the actual story. History may actually be his story, right? His story has been rewritten Oh my God, so many times that at this point, it is quite ridiculous looking at human history from a higher perspective. It's, it's like more hilarious than like a comic book. Like it's, it's not even like, not even like has nothing to do with reality. Let's just say it's all agenda, propaganda, uh, or propaganda, whatever is the right way to pronounce this. And you know, myth and legend. It's, it's, it's like literally the biggest fiction is, is your history book. Um, but not to, not to get on tangent here. So one thing that you're gonna start seeing more and more as, as life goes on is for enough of humanity, your inner radar, your inner guidance system, your inner discernment is going to start waking up. Pineal glands are gonna start getting decalcified. Um, and then, you know, the, the rings, so to say, of deception um, or the veils of deception are going to start. It's, it's like you had goggles all of a sudden everything starts falling off or like the veil drops and you're like, Ooh, what, you know, that is reality. Oh my God. And now you're also like, that also happens, you know, thanks to the internet, right? Now there are all of these truth tellers and all of these people on social media, what have you, that all of a sudden have airtime or are able to broadcast their ideas. Um, whereas in the past, you know, only the very few could broadcast their ideas. So there is, yes, a lot more information, but also a lot more opportunity for the truth to start coming out, which is exactly what's happening. So you're starting to see the sediment coming up with all these conspiracy theories and all of these other things that, you know, you hear it once and you're like, what? You hear it twice and you're like, hmm. You know, you hear it enough times and you're like, I maybe I could believe some of this. Maybe some of this is real, right? And so, um, uh, enough of that is starting to bubble up to the surface and it makes a hell lot of like so many of you really uncomfortable because it is so, so much more convenient and pleasant and just downright easy to live in the status quo and feel like you're able to trust everything you're told. The moment you start doubting it, it's, it's kind of like taking the wrong color pill in the matrix or the right color pill, like whichever one Neo took, that one. Was it the red? Yeah, so it's kind of like taking the red pill, like there's kind of no way back, right? Like the rabbit hole goes one way. You dive in, gotta have to see it through, right? A little bit. So enough of that is happening, right? And a byproduct of that is humanity awakening, obviously, but just know that dealing with the truth versus lies in your personal life, um, as well as in societies as a whole, country, you know, versus country is a karmic knot. A lot of the things that have been concealed are coming to the surface. And this is just the beginning. There's going to be so much more. All of these things that used to be secret material, top secret, you know, classified is going to come out and, you know, it's, it's going to become declassified. So that's going to be a byproduct. 
uh, of that. And so it's the relationship between truth and lies, but really, really, part of the reason why we're dealing with this, and this is, this is actually the, the second layer of this karmic knot, is because historically humanity was not ready for the truth. Humanity couldn't handle the truth. And because humanity couldn't handle the, the truth, it created for itself a defense mechanism. Defense mechanism was just tell me it's all going to be okay. Or just tell me that somebody's taking care of it. Just tell me that I'm fine. Even if it's a lie, just, you know, lie to me, tell me it's going to be all right. You know, it's kind of like that seeking comfort when, when you don't fully feel like you can handle the, the actual truth of something. Sometimes you just want somebody to tell you it's going to be okay whether they actually mean it or they don't. It's a little bit of that. So humanity at one point was going through this massive denial of what is and massive, it was like a defense system. They didn't want to deal with what's real. And so they created this web of lies. And now as we're growing as a species, as you guys are growing as a species, what's happening is the reverse. The reverse is true. And the reverse is, wait a second. We build all these walls and, you know, goggles and, you know, veils and all of these in-between stuff that's really preventing us from seeing things how they are. And we would really like to see things how they are because we're so fed up with seeing anything but the truth, right? So what you're going through also is what is humanity going to do? Essentially, is humanity going to chicken out and say, no, 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 no. I still don't want to deal with any of that truth. The truth is ugly. The truth is painful. The truth is hurtful. The truth can be potentially unsafe. Or are you going to be like, listen, I'm grown up enough and I trust myself and the world around me enough to be able and willing to see the truth, right? To see the truth for myself, to see the truth as a society, as a country, all of it, right? Am I willing to face the truth? which is part of also the relationship between humanity and humanity's shadow. And that's how we're getting into second karmic knot. Which is, it's kind of connected, but it's a different thing. This concept of, you know, denying aspects of yourself because they're too ugly or not pretty enough, or you don't feel comfortable, comfortable about, which is essentially what psychology calls the shadow, right? Historically, on this planet, humanity has been extremely uncomfortable with its shadow. It's kind of like, it was like the dirt, dirty topic, don't talk to me about my shadow. That is why humans have this need to be good. They just have this need to be good, to be perceived to be good by themselves and others. That is why, you know, you talk to the, like, I don't know, the most, um, um, to any criminal, I don't know, like a mass murder or somebody who, who's done some crazy stuff, right? And they always have a justification. Why do they have a justification? Because they are coming from a place of needing to be good, right? And again, what is that? What is that? The inability to see the fullness of yourself. Because, oh my God, God forbid, I start seeing the parts of me that are crooked and the parts of me that are broken and the parts of me that are maybe not so pretty. And the parts of me that are not good, right? God forbid, that's uncomfortable, right? Humanity didn't want to do that. 
So we're starting to come into fullness a little bit where you're starting to have some humans becoming comfortable with looking back at their track record and taking responsibility for the entirety of it, not just the good and you know pretty and pink things, right? That is why you hear a lot about shadow work. That is why you hear a lot about parts work. That is why you hear a lot about facing your demons, right? So not to get on, on like a religious tangent here because it's not what I'm trying to do, but the biggest dogma of Christianity or any of the Abrahamic religions is this good versus evil and that dichotomy. And you better be standing on the good side. Otherwise you're going to hell and all of these other ungodly places to be burned for the rest of eternity. Nobody wants that, obviously, right? Everybody wants the good life, the good afterlife, right? That is, even that alone, right? The dichotomy between godliness and the devil, the good and the bad, the angels and the demons, that division right there is ingraining you. It's teaching you that there are parts of reality that you should reject. Reject. Oh my God, don't come to contact with them. They're dangerous. You should reject them outright. There's nothing lovable or likable about darkness. Don't step close to any of the demons, etc., etc. right? Now, of course, we know that all of the greatest teachers, right? Such as Jesus, who taught love for everything, right? Taught recognizing yourself in darkness, right? Now, of course, humanity was not ready to receive it. And so, thanks to the uh, Christian church, we have division again, right? And again, what does division teach us? Please deny the things about you that are not perfect, right? So humanity is starting to come to the to, to the head, and um, you know th this pattern is starting to outlive itself, right? Um, what you know, what's changing is the perception of like white versus black and black versus white, and that's why you start getting all these weird stuff around. Catholic priests all of a sudden and all the news around them molesting children like where's that coming from? Aren't they supposed to be good? Hmm, and that's why humanity is all of a sudden starting to doubt the pill it has been served because Things are not what they seem and very often this world is the polar opposite black masquerades is white and white masquerades is black and there we have it and again, we're at the very beginning, at the kind of like at the cusp of the precipice of stepping into the full blown um, experience of living this pattern and coming back from division into unity. This one is gonna be a long, th this pattern is so ingrained within the psyche of humanity that we're, we're gonna be here a while with this pattern, unfortunately. But you're starting to see the, the, the early bells of like, there's something about this dogma, there's something about this division that's not right. And in fact, the way towards more light is through facing your shadow. The way towards more unity and more love is not by, I don't know, um, canceling somebody on, <laughs> on social media and chastising them and, you know, telling them off about, you know, anything and everything. People get crucified on social for saying things that are not even in the grand scheme of reality, that polarizing. 
God forbid you say all lives matter. God forbid, right? Do you know what I mean? Since when does all lives matter? A bad thing. How divided are we? How unwilling are we to face our shadow that we cannot recognize that every life on earth and not just human matters. So I personally would love for humanity to start coming into the realization that if you feel like lashing out at someone for their opinion, and I don't care what that opinion is of, whether that is of your sexuality, social status, race, gender, doesn't really matter. Whatever division, concept, construct, fallacy you created in your head. If you see something out there that you don't like in the outside world, some injustice, and it makes you want to lash out on the person that's creating this injustice, first look within. Because what you're lashing out on is a part of you that you have denied and you don't want to face. It's not another person. Another person is just your mirror. You would never align in a billion years with people that don't reflect who you are. I hate to say this. If you are, let's, let's if, since we're talking about the issue of race, if you hate that person on TV or whatever on Twitter that you think is a racist, look within because you are a racist. If that other person triggers you, I hate to say this. I don't know how much more plain I can get here. You are the problem in this particular case. Otherwise you would have never aligned with racist behavior. Never, never, never in a billion years. Tough pill to swallow. Moving on with humanity's karma. Whew, this one, man. For the longest time, humanity has lived on planet Earth without internalizing planet Earth as their home. Humanity has spat in the face of the planet that gave its life, or gave it life, in many, many different formats. Look at how you treat wildlife. You put them in zoos. You put them in, um, you know, chains and whatever cages for your entertainment. Look at how much, how many trees, how many forests you cut out just so you can have the fancy things. Look at the level of pollution. Air pollution, water pollution, you name it, earth pollution, all of it, right? Now, the issue here is this. Humanity has been desensitized. So human heart, the species of humanity, please, please don't take what I'm saying wrong because as I'm scanning the human collective, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. Humanity has been walking with our hearts switched off for way too long. And it's, we're reaching like that point of no return. You guys we're smack in the dead end scenario. You are staring at a dead end enough so that if change doesn't happen in the hearts of every single individual, it may be freaking too late. Not going to lie. When 
humanity, collectively and individually, walks around with their hearts switched off. They're not tuned into the fullness of mother nature because you can only perceive mother nature from your heart. Mother nature, nature, Gaia, vibrates at the level of Anahata center. That's your green center. That's your heart space. Because humanity has been walking with that center switched off, it's like crickets over here. You have not been getting the feedback loop from nature that is actually natural, no pun intended. That is not happening. You are not communicating with nature. So every time you hurt nature, every time you take nature's choice, every time you perceive yourself as superior to nature and animals and plants, etc., every, every time that this happens, you create a bigger and bigger and bigger rift between the natural harmony of things, between the harmonious relationship of nature and human. The bigger that rift becomes, the less natural magic there is. It is actually, in, in the past on this planet, human beings were able to telepathically communicate with animals. Human beings could see elementals. That's not what you're seeing or what you're experiencing today. You're not able to telepathically communicate with animals. Maybe you can read your dog and your cat, but definitely not a wolf, a coyote, or uh, I don't know, a tiger in the wild. You can't read their minds and they sure cannot read yours. Why? Because there is a divide between humanity and nature. Human beings were placed here as the stewards of nature, as the biggest protectors, as, as like the big brother, big sister, right? With a responsibility to take care of their home base, of their like house, like your planet is your home, not your apartment is your home or your house house is your home, right? But that's not how you're thinking, right? And so over time, humanity lost its ability to communicate with animals because why? There's only so much you can spit in the face of your best friend for that best friend to keep coming back to you and asking for more. At one point, your best friend is going to be like, you know what's enough, enough, enough's enough. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. No, thanks. The same thing happened with nature. This rift started. And then so it's like drifting apart. Two icebergs drifting apart, right? What I mean by that is telepathic communication is impossible because you're not even in the same playing field with nature anymore. Nature has no intention of communicating to you because it's not safe. Human beings are not safe for nature. Human beings are not safe for planet Earth. Just think back to the almost third world war where all these extraterrestrials had to step in so humanity doesn't freaking demolish the planet. It, we were this close to planet Earth not being a planet anymore, right? And that is an example of a being that is supposed to be a part of an ecosystem having such illusions of grandeur at the same time, complete lack of understanding how ecosystems work, that they almost killed their own house or burned their whole house to the ground without even knowing it or realizing it, right? No, nature doesn't think it's safe. And so what do you have? Um, 
no telepathic communication with nature. Nature naturally, pardon again, part of my uh, um, repetition here, uh, no pun intended, but nature does not naturally replenish your energy anymore, definitely not to the degree that it could. Like, we're missing out on that. And humanity doesn't interact with the elementals because what are elementals? The elemental kingdom is part of nature. You know, your unicorns, your, you know, your dragons, your gnomes, your fairies, your elves, they're part nature. Very, very pure beings. They don't feel safe being in the same vicinity with you. They don't feel safe. So no, you can't see them. Most of you can't, right? So those interactions are dwindling. And it is not for nothing, you guys. But, right? We are at a precipice where at some point, guys are gonna say enough's enough. And I don't wanna scare you or anything, but maybe I have to. Let me remind you that when humanity doesn't want to face the music and doesn't wanna deal with a karmic knot, what happens is guys gonna have to untie the karmic knot on her own via the only uh, tool she has, which is natural disasters at the level that you have never seen before. And global warming is going to be the least of your problems. So what, how, and you know, because what I'm getting from the collective level, and by the way, thank you for, because uh, I'm, 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 I'm just, uh, I'm very present to the beings, to the people that are listening to this episode. I'm really grateful to you because a lot of you, as you're listening to this, I'm getting the level of response that I hoped I would, which is, but no, but I love nature. But what do you mean? But I want to help. No, please tell us how to fix this. How can I fix this? I know it's not okay. I'm recycling. I think it's really endearing that you guys, you, you are recycling. <laughs> if you want a golden star to take to your fridge, like in kindergarten, you can have a golden star for recycling. However, that is not a way to build a relationship with nature. I think being mindful around your consumption, and I know some people want to take it to the next level and like really consume less or like no plastic forever and all of that. And yes, you should be a lot more conscious, but it starts with opening up your heart. Truly though, because once you allow this beautiful center of yours, energy center of yours to really open and really activate, that already has all the answers because it's like, having a cord, like an umbilical cord that connects you to mother nature straight from your chest, right? This is so above and beyond what I can tell you because for each of you, the answer is going to be different. You know why? Yes, you have collective karma with nature, but how your lineage treated nature is very different from how this, you know, guide to the left and the right and all these other people treated nature, you know? And so, you, you know, despite the fact there is collective karma you're, you're living with, but you also have a lot of personal karma dealing with the planet Earth. And that personal karma you're going to have to come to terms with, right? I will tell you that the moment this becomes strong, the moment you turn on the, the light switch and you put the, the, you know, the lights on, in your heart space, you are going to become present to so much pain and suffering within nature. It would be crazy to you. Overwhelming amount. 
You're gonna go vegan in three seconds flat. I'm telling you. So if you're still eating animals, fishes are also animals, right? Meat or fish. And listen, any type of seafood, you know, they're all still living beings, right? Um, you know, anytime you eat animal products, you are, your heart is closed. There's something in there that's not working properly. I hate to say this, right? So you cannot start beginning, start beginning. You can begin to cleanse that karma, right? Because it begins with you, really, truly, with what you consume and how you consume every day, right? And by and that that's that's exactly what I'm saying, right? Like it's it's like yes, it's collective karma, but it's also your personal way of how you help heal that and how you help cleanse that, right? Once you open up the heart, you would maybe getting, and you most likely would be getting all the different insights about how you can personally help with this issue. Whatever your way is, maybe that is saving, I don't know, stray cats. Maybe that's your way. Maybe that your way is planting a tree. Maybe your way is volunteering for a day to clean up plastic. Maybe your way is donating to some type of eco organization. Maybe your way is something else. Maybe your way is spreading the gospel and spreading the word, right? And telling people about this. Maybe your way is actually being in the nature in the great outdoors and connecting with the energy of the mountain or the energy of the sun or the energy of the river and, and giving them blessings and giving them thanks and gratitude. Maybe that's your way, right? There is no right or wrong. There is no size fits all. But I'm telling you, the issue is bigger than recycling and it's so much bigger than the global warming. Global warming actually is, is, is a farce compared to what's actually going on. And what actually is going on is you spit in the face of your mother, Gaia, for, and for generations, right? And, and, and that's a bigger issue, really. All right. Didn't we go into a morbid territory, but I really love going deep, so thanks for sticking around. Um, let's look at what else um, humanity is going. Ooh, I love this. Another karmic knot that we're working through is patriarchy. Don't we love patriarchy? Okay, so what is patriarchy? I mean, beyond the obvious, the patriarchy is the superiority of masculinity, not just a gender, but an energy. I know that we kind of, you know, or you guys in the society make it all about gender, but it's really more of an energy. So the, the superiority, superiority of masculine energy, masculine thinking, masculine acting. That's a patriarchy. So it's all about, you know, go time, nine to five, regimented things, the my way or the highway, competition, intolerance, pol politicking, uh, the supremacy of money, you know, throw all of that into the patriarchy bucket, by the way, right? And, and the templatization of things because the patriarchy or the masculine energies like things to be pre-planned and boxed in very specific boxes that have very specific dimensions. Um, they like things regimented. They like things very formulaic, template-based, right? That is logical thinking instead of creative thinking, right? 
That's why most of you are right hand. You know, right. You know, you're not your righties. You're not lefties. Is because your left brain, your analytical brain, that manages the right part of your body, is really overly active. Logical first, logical first society. I've made so many episodes about, um, you know, some version of this. Um, you know, I talk a lot about the Divine Mother. If you want to check back into the previous podcasts, um, I feel like I have probably at least a hundred hours of content around this topic. But the issue of patriarchy, you guys, is coming in front and center as a large, big, fat, huge thing for humanity to address. So it's that superiority of one energy over the other. Now, at source level, you know, right after there was unity, there were two polarities, the masculine and the feminine, right? Neither one of them is considered superior. Neither one of them is consequently considered inferior. They are equally important. So they are in complete balance and equilibrium. And what you're having when you have either patriarchy, by the way, a matriarchy doesn't really matter. It's just like you guys are living one polarity of this, which is the patriarchy. It is the supremacy of one versus the other, which is not the truth of the universe, right? And so you have this disbalance, right? And because you have this disbalance, out of this disbalance, there's like a large crack in society. And there's so much pain and suffering that comes from this disbalance because it is almost like a master and slave group to some degree. And I'm not trying to say that women are somehow enslaved by men. That's not what I'm saying, by the way. Patriarchy in this particular case and how I want to read it again is masculine and it's just not just men. But I want you to acknowledge the masculine energy within you, whether you're a man, a woman, or don't identify as either and identify as another gender, one of the 52, it doesn't really matter. Whatever gender you identify with, most likely, if you're incarnated on planet Earth right now, your masculinity is running the show. Even if you are a girl, pardon my French, it doesn't really matter. You're still living into a template of a masculine first world. So the karmic knot that planet Earth is attempting to work through is coming into equilibrium as it relates to masculine and feminine energies. And we're gonna to start to elevate femininity to reach the same level of masculinity. So it can meet that energy at the same level. You know what I think the problem with feminism is? Feminists believe that if masculinity, and specifically men, but you know, they target men, right? Which is another problem. But if masculinity is here, then for women to get their rights, they need to be like here and they need to be like, you know, out man, out man, men, you know, like be more manly, be stronger, just do all of these things, you know? So it's essentially like taking the weapon of patriarchy against the patriarchy that ain't never going to work, right? The idea of a balanced world is not for femininity to somehow come and become supreme. And superior because then all of a sudden we have again a disbalance only like a, a reverse disbalance right neither one is particularly good you guys a disbalanced world is not the world of source energies that is not how source would have us live it so instead of 
pushing patriarchy down, which somehow is the intention, we have to raise the femininity up. And not just women, women and men and everybody in between is going to have to find their way to their own inner femininity. By balancing those two energies within yourself, you balance the two energies within the larger whole. Probably the last pattern that I would like to address here is what I would call the zero-sum game. Big one for humanity right now. It's me versus them. And th that idea that if, you know, both parties can't win, I, you know, so somehow for me to win, another person has to lose. This concept we're seeing played out very often with politics, with international relationships specifically, and with relations between countries, where there are, you know, some countries that are, you know, more like the, the, that act like bullies, and other countries don't like to be bullied, and other countries are forever being bullied, and they have to be okay with it because they don't have the power or they don't have the money to defend their view of the world, right? So there's been a lot of zero-sum game, and that sense of competition in general. Now, competition and zero-sum game are byproducts of masculine societies. Unfortunately, it comes with the territory, right? Uh, because masculinity likes measuring things, masculinity likes achieving things, masculinity likes, masculinity likes winning, right? Winning is really important. Relationships, not so much. Winning, yes, right? Now that we're coming out of the pattern of the zero-sum game, what's gonna come front and center is that if this is a dead end scenario once again, right? There are, there's only so many times somebody can win and the others can lose for these others to not, you know, start experiencing a crazy level of discomfort, right? There's only so many times you can bully a person into submission. There are many, there are only so many times you can hit a slave. There are only so many times you can tell somebody to shut up, to sit down, to be seen and not heard. There's only so many times, like there's a limit to that, you know? At one point, at some point, there is gonna be a backlash. At some point, you've pushed somebody too far, right? So what, you know, is gonna happen down the pike, again, in the next, um, few decades is we're going to start seeing some pretty extreme examples of I win, you lose in, uh, in the macro sector in politics and economics, pretty extreme example of like, um, countries sinking other countries or abusing other countries. At one point, humanity is going to say enough's enough, right? And, you know, the byproduct of fixing this pattern, the byproduct of working through this karmic knot is, is there a life or is there a world where we could all win? Is there a world where we could all win and have balance? Is there a world we can, where we can all win and the planet can win too? So it's about trying to fit the pieces of the puzzle together well, we're not smack, you know, just smacking one on top of the other. 
and say, no, this one's going to be superior and this one is going to be that's under it is going to be inferior. That's not about it, right? We're saying, no, can this puzzle pieces fit together, work together? And that is where we get, again, into a little bit more femininity in relationships and the energy of collaboration and cooperation instead of the energy of winning and losing. So these are the grand, large patterns that are planetary. Most likely you're seeing some of it play out, you know, in your life in one shape or form. Uh, probably you're dealing uh, with it to some degree. If not you, then your lineages. And again, if you're completely unaware that any of this is happening, check in with your intuition because you're probably living in, you know, oh, you're not living life fully in tune to what is. Because again, these patterns are fairly strong and not all of them are strong. They're all not strong to the same degree, but they're all out in the ether. So when essentially when planet Earth starts uh, looking at a particular pattern or considering it, imagine it as like uncorking a bottle of wine. You know how like when you guys like open up like a bottle of wine, you, you, I mean, you can still smell it, right? Like if it's open even a little bit, like there is a smell. So imagine like planet Earth opened up 10 bottles of wine and, you know, she may not be actively drinking from the bottle, but it doesn't mean that that bottle is not essentially open for the taking, right? Like she's like the genie's out of the bottle essentially, right? Like we're dealing with it, whether you'd like it or not to a different level of degree, you know, there's different level of pressure and, you know, not, all of these issues may come front and center to you all at the same time, but make no mistake, they are on the agenda for planet Earth. So if you actually pay attention, you will see that these things are on the agenda, make no mistake. All right, I wanna take the questions from the collective. Thank you guys, we've been such troopers through this. Um, anything that you wanted to ask around this topic, perhaps anything that was not clear, I'm happy to take a question from the collective on the topic of, Planetary karma. Um, the question is, how can I help transcend the karma around like nature? Um, and can one person take on the work of the rest of the people? Um, so planetary karma doesn't work. Thank you for this question, by the way. Planetary karma doesn't work, unfortunately, like ancestral karma. With ancestral karma, if you remember, I told you one person steps out of the line, changes and transmits that pattern. All of a sudden, everybody that comes after that person, you know, uh, is healed. Unfortunately, with uh, planetary karma, it doesn't work the same way. Uh, for planetary karma, what matters is critical mass. So critical mass, depending on the issue, there are different levels of critical mass. Um, it doesn't mean that as long as 51% of humanity gets something, all of a sudden the pattern is healed. Actually it depends on the pattern. For certain patterns, you need 30% of humanity to act a certain way for it to be healed and transformed. For other patterns, 12% is enough. And for some patterns, you need 90% of humanity to be on the way uh, to doing something. So on the one hand, you know, the path starts with you. The good news is, remember, if you change something in you, you change it in your lineage, right? So whatever patterns you need to heal around, you know, um, 
relationships between nature and yourself uh, in your lineage, you can be that person, right? So already, right, you could impact the collective in a very, very positive way. Especially if you have a lot of children, all of a sudden it's all these people, or so percentage-wise, it's, it's really good news. However, single-handedly, not one human being can fix the relationship between human beings as a species and the rest of the planet. Because it takes millions upon millions, if not billions upon billions of souls to break something, it's going to take roughly the same amount to fix something, right? But don't get discouraged, right? Just because the task it feels daunting, just because the task feels far away, doesn't mean you cannot be the first domino. You know, it doesn't mean that the butterfly effect is not real, right? You are a great force encapsulated in the human body. Don't take your power away. You matter. The choices that you make matter for your lineage and the humanity at large. Unfortunately, for the pattern of healing the relationship with planet Gaia, this one needs about 51% of humanity to come to terms, right? And recognize that this is a problem. To recognize that humanity has been an issue and how humanity has treated nature is an issue. To ask for forgiveness and cleanse and release that karma. And then also change the actions. The one aspect that a lot of, you know, a lot of humanity is missing is... How should I put it? I, I have this great example. Imagine there's a, a married couple and their relationship has been going south for 10 years. Let's imagine that they've had a history of abuse, cheating, I don't know, um, some lang like hurtful words and all kinds of other weird behavior going on. So let's say they have a toxic, toxic relationship, like really, but somehow they're still together. And let's say that they have this, I don't know, one of them has this come to Jesus moment and realizes that they really want to work on the marriage. And so they wake up one day and they come to the kitchen and they're like making breakfast for their significant other, for their spouse. And they're bringing that breakfast to bed to the spouse. And they're like, Darling, you know, I made you breakfast and, you know, like, here's breakfast. And then for the rest of the day, they really treat the person nicely and, you know, they go out of their way. The question is, is this relationship healed? And the answer is, of course, it's freaking not healed, you guys. Come on. Because you cannot erase 10 years of mess by one day waking up and deciding that, you know, oh, it's, it's a, you know, the new slate and I'm just going to treat you nice with like orange juice and whatnot. Because this other person and you, by the way, but especially the other person remembers the 10 years. And so your behavior today is terribly inconsistent. And they're like, what? Okay, well, this makes no sense, right? What about all the ways that you abused me and you cheated on me? Thank you for the juice, by the way, and for the breakfast in bed. But like, what, how about cleanup work? So when you're asking me how to, and that's a one, one big miss when humanity is trying to reconnect to nature. I mean, thank you, recycling. 
and you know all of the other things like maybe like mindful consumption but it is the equivalent of you waking up one day forgetting about the 10 years of abusive relationship and just showing up with orange juice in somebody's bed unfortunately planet earth and nature has a really good memory of all of your ancestors and all of the ways that it has been abused so you cannot start from a clean slate with anyone in any relationship unless you own the dirt and the schmuck and all of the mess that happened before. Unless you clean that up, have an alignment conversation, have a conversation that's healing, cleansing, where you do ask actually for forgiveness and reestablish the ground rules. Only then can the reunion happen. Just recycling ain't gonna happen, ain't gonna cut it. Because this relationship is broken energetically, you guys, not just physically. Yeah, it's a pretty dire situation. So to answer your question around how can you help fix it is don't just fix the symptom, fix the root cause. And the root cause is the heart needs to be open and a true come to Jesus conversation needs to happen between you and the spirit of nature and the spirit of Gaia. That cleanup work needs to happen. The reestablishing of parameters and maybe asking Gaia the question as if she was a living being, which she is, of what are the ways that I wronged you? What are the ways that my ancestry line, my family wronged you? What is the way that my country wronged you? What is the way that my gender wronged you? What could we have done better as a species? And get the answers from Gaia. And start acting upon the answers that you're getting. That's how you fix that relationship. Not by recycling that plastic bottle. By the way, please don't stop recycling. Please don't stop recycling. Don't take any of what I said as a sign to not do the right thing. <laughs> Just wanted to put it out there, you know, because I know sometimes people take things to extremes. Like this is not one of those situations. It's neither. It's not either or it's both, right? Everything is, it needs to operate holistically. You cannot just fix one layer of something. You have to look at all the layers at all the angles, if that makes sense. All right. I'm going to take one more question uh, from the collective around planetary karma. Anything you wanted to ask? Um, the question is around patriarchy. Um, the question is how can you please explain how I have been abusing the femininity within and how can I start fixing that relationship? So, um, in psychology, I don't know if you guys, um, now that I'm scanning the collective, about 30% of you are going to know what I'm talking about. Um, in psychology, there's a lot of inner child work, like as a concept, right? Like, I don't know if you go to therapy, um, very often your therapist is going to want to talk to you about your childhood problems, right? That's like a, almost like a joke, uh, at this point, uh, in movies and whatnot, in the collective, you know, in, 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 um, in the culture. Um, so in the same way that you have your inner child, you have your inner female and you have your inner male, I would say, right? 
that everything always starts with understanding those aspects of yourself. In a meditative state, what you could do and what you should do, actually, what I extremely, like, what I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, encourage you to do is meet both aspects of yourself, if not three aspects of yourself, the child, the man, and the woman within. Because I guarantee you, 100% of you have all three. So you would go almost like, imagine you were in the meadow. And this meadow was split into like two parts. On the left side of the meadow is your feminine. And the right side of the meadow is your masculine. And in a meditative state, you would go, you, you can start actually with whichever one you want first, but let's, let's say we're starting with the left side, right? And you're going to the left side and you're, it's a beautiful meadow. And uh, because it's the left side and it's a feminine side, it has like a water, like a natural body of water flowing here. It may be a river, like a little pond or maybe a lake. And then, um, you know, you may have like beautiful birds or flowers in here, right? And so you would sit in the middle of that meadow in a lotus pose and you would ask, you know, your higher self and the universe to help you meet the feminine side of you. So you would, you know, and you can also even outstretch your hands, right? And invite that aspect of you to come and hold your hands. And then you can open up your eyes. And by the way, I know some of you cannot see much. Uh, use your imagination, right? Your imagination is just as good as seeing things, by the way. That is one and the same thing. You can use your imagination. Or you can just, you know, whatever you see or feel or hear or perceive is good enough. Because you are going to be getting information no matter what. So don't worry and don't get stuck on seeing things. Because you have other means of perception. So no need to cage yourself into just seeing. So what you would be seeing, hopefully, or perceiving, is this masculine aspect of you. Get to know it like you would another being, like a friend. You know, first you maybe want to focus on the physicality of what you're seeing. But the most important is the essence. Sorry, we're, we're talking about the feminine aspect here. I, I got carried away. This particular aspect, we're talking to the feminine side, right? So, you know, what, what does she look like? Is she small? Is she big? You know, what is she wearing, right? Um, does she look like you or does she look terribly different? And you may ask her questions, you know, what does she like? What her personality traits are? What are her strengths? What are her skills, right? And you would get a sense for how you, as a being, as an integral whole, how you have been treating this part of you, that feminine part of you. Has she been suppressed, perhaps? Or do you feel like she's, you know, fully empowered and, you know, completely rocking and rolling and uh, being in her complete, unrestricted flow and state, right? And so you would get to know your female part and then you would go to the other side, go to the other meadow on the right and meet your masculine side. And then the child, um, the child meadow is gonna be in the, you know, um, in the front actually. So it's almost like if there was a pyramid, right? Your child is gonna be um, in the front of the, at the very top of the uh, pyramid or the triangle. Um, 
So that's where you would go to meet your inner child and really pay attention to what they what they're like, what's unique about them, what's special about them, what maybe is unexpected about them, right? So get to know your parts, right? Because before you can get to know them and understand their dynamics, and we're gonna get there in a second. Before you get to know them, you cannot help them, right? And your issues are not gonna be like the issues of this person next to you. Everything is extremely, extremely individual here. Everything is extremely unique to you. If you want to understand their relationship, I would want for you to imagine this three beings working towards each other, right? Towards the middle of this triangle. You know, your feminine side, your masculine side, and your child. And then you can watch them interact. You know, what is the natural thing for them to do? Do they start fighting? Does one of them take charge of the other two? Uh, are two of them in charge, perhaps? Is it a harmonious relationship? Like, you can watch a lot by what they're doing, or you can tell a lot by what they're doing and how they're interacting, right? So watch it, and, you know, you'll be able to essentially heal from there, right? Even knowing and understanding that dynamics is extremely rich territory, rich information that you can work with, right? Unfortunately, there's not, like, one general piece of advice that I can give you around, like, um, making sure that they're, they're becoming equal. But one good way is enabling the communication between the two, right? If we're trying to balance out the masculine and the feminine, you know, you would get them into the same meadow together to talk things over. And, you know, one side may have grievances and another side may have grievances. You know, was one of them suppressed? Maybe was one of them never heard, never allowed to speak, never allowed to express itself. You know, was one part like all talking, no listening? You know, your dynamics is gonna be unique to you. So watch that dynamics and almost like be, be um, allow yourself to mediate, allow yourself to, you know, essentially hear out both parts and find some semblance of equilibrium or balance between them, coach them. Be, be your own coach in this particular instance. So this is one version, you know, one way of doing parts work. Um, I definitely think this is rich territory um, and there's so much for you to learn here. All right, I'll take one question around planetary karma, anything that's gonna help the collective. Um, you know, I'm here to receive a question. The question is, how do I know if I am at this point in time working on all of it or just some parts of it and you know what i'm working on versus what the rest of humanity is working on is that the same or is it different so um chances are by the virtue of you incarnating on planet earth you're working on all five to some degree um planet earth would generally readjust her body and her energies so that one or two of these karmic knots is coming front and center into the human collective. It's almost like she's she's shining the spotlight on like a particular issue at one point in time. And that spotlight is shining for the entire humanity. So uh, chances are, if you're you know sensing right now, one of these issues come front and center, a big chunk of humanity is sensing it as well, right? So you're gonna go and we're all going through the ebbs and the flows, right? Um, and so it is um, an event uh, and it is directed by Gaia. In other words, she has the script, she wrote it, 
and she's orchestrating accordingly, right? So it's her script. In other words, she knows what act we're in and, and who the main characters are. So it's a guided experience, right? So it's less important. Like in other words, you cannot like pick and choose. If Guy is trying to work on masculinity, femininity right now, you cannot pick and choose and, and, and go connect with nature. You're gonna have to move with the ebbs and the flows, right? Because as Gaia is starting to, you know, she's taking something on in a particular year or time, she's starting to send energies, healing energies and the right level of frequencies to be able to transcend that karma, right? So going with the flow here is the most important thing, right? And don't worry, you could miss it if you tried. However, I do think it is important maybe for you to make a note for yourself upon listening to this episode of what some of the main planetary karmic lessons are so that the next time you're feeling or sensing or hearing something along these lines in the collective, you would know where the wind is blowing from and you could pay special attention and maybe you can start becoming a more active participant because like I said, change starts with you. Alrighty, my loves. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sticking around your troopers. I know karma is not the most fun topic on the face of planet earth, but hey, um, it's, it's, it's important. And hopefully that provides a context for you and your life. I am sending you such a big hug. I know you got this and I am commending you for showing up at such a critical juncture in the history of planet earth for being able and willing to do the work. Love you so much. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.